check one, two. Hi, parents listening in. If you think that I'm going to behave myself, you've got another thing coming. Everybody, thank you for coming tonight. Can I, let's start this out. Do this. I want everybody to have their attention completely on me for one second. Everyone just seriously look and don't say a word. Now, I want you to think about this while you're doing that. Do you give God this much on a, um, attention as you're giving me? So think about that in the back of your mind. Okay, if you're giving me this much, are you doing that for God? That's the serious point. Now, let's get back to, get to business here. All right, welcome back from camp, you guys. I'm excited to do, what's that? That was the serious part. That was the serious part. Everything else is light. We wanted to keep this light for you guys coming out of winter camp. I actually had an idea what I wanted to go with originally. And Corey was like, yes, that's awesome. I would never think of that because I'm not as smart as you, Andy. I like this. I'm like, cool, bro, thanks. He's like, what can I do to help? I said, well, I mean, if you want to you know, print the papers out. And he's like, awesome. Then I ran this idea by Jamie. She goes, yeah, that's good, but this is better. And she just gave me a really cool idea. So thank you, Jamie, everybody. So she just thought she, you know, and this is why guys, I keep telling you, marry somebody smarter, (laughs) marry somebody smarter than you. Right? Yes. So you always want to, you want to level up. Jamie leveled down by default. It's okay. But you always want to marry up. So thank you for uh, giving me an idea on this. Coming out of camp, I think. I'm sorry, what's that? The, the parents couldn't hear you. Uh, I said that. That's great. Coming out of camp, I think what we're going to do is, is definitely more in line with what Brother Scott taught us this past weekend. And I think it's just, you know, we want to keep this light. You guys have been just drowned out by Corey the past few weeks in Romans. It's been a lot, am I right? Some of you are nodding your head like, actually, yeah. It's, it's a, even Corey would agree. It's been a lot. So tonight, there is no study sheet. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, you are welcome. But you do have a piece of parchment there. You've got paper there. Take notes if you like, or you can just listen. And we're going to dive in here. Okay. Oh, before we go, parents, if you're wondering, um, my attire tonight, people have been asking me, what's this all about? I am dressed in sweatpants in a nice, comfortable, long sleeve shirt, and I have my sweatpants stuck or tucked into my socks. And that's something that the kids say is sus. Is that right? Meaning what, though, exactly? Is it sus or sauce? It's sus. 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 Meaning. It's kind of scary. Then why do you do it? She's such. I just got cheese touched by my wife, and I didn't know what cheese sauce or cheese touch meant up to two days ago, and I freaking hate it. So everybody has their finger crossed, basically. Does legs count? Toes count? This is the stupidest game I've ever heard of. It's even worse than padiddle. No, no. Listen, so does that mean... What does that even mean? <laughs> I have to hit somebody later or touch them to. You've totally ruined my message now. I was shown. Now I'm cheese touched. I don't know even what that is. But anyway, 
Back to my pants, they are tucked into the socks because AJ did it during worship on, on Monday, and I sat behind looking at him. I thought, man, does he look stupid. So I'm going to dress like one of them. And it, and it works. So. Dude, it's comfortable. It, it is kind of comfortable. That's what I'm saying. What's that? Your hair's not long enough. No, my hair's not long enough. I still have a, a man cut. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So our title tonight, I wanted to go off is, What Will You Do With God? what God has shown you or spoken to you. Again, so let's get into the mindset of coming out of camp, kind of things that we had already heard from <clears throat> Scott Warner. We're going to be talking about the parable of the sower, okay? But before we do that, we're going to pray. Is anyone out there want to send it up so we can get started? Anybody? Don't make Corey call on someone. I'll pray. You'll pray? Yeah. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> All right, let's go before the Lord. And then, Father, I just thank you that we can come to church tonight, and I pray that Andy's message is good and that you speak through him. I pray that we'll all pay attention and get something out of it and apply it to our lives. I pray that school goes well tomorrow, and that we'll have good testimonies and be a light for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And I do hope you guys have good testimonies, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. If you guys would, turn with me to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. It's the second book in the Gospels, right? First, making sure you're paying attention. It was a test. It was a test. Relax. I'm going to actually be doing most of the reading tonight, give you guys a little bit of a break. Okay? While you guys are turning there, did you guys have fun at camp, though, for real? Yeah. Did you guys have a good time? Let's give Scott Warner a shout-out. Way to go, Scott! Yeah! That's for you. All right. Excellent. Everybody there, chapter 13. Let's look verses 1 through 9. Here we go. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Are you guys picturing that? I mean, take a step back and think about that. Jesus in the ship and everybody gathered around. Kind of like this. I'm on the ship, right? No, you're not going to sink my battleship, Corey. And you guys, I'm not Jesus. It's a parable. Okay? No, do not put me in that category. I'm not there. But just, I want you guys to make sure you're picturing that. Again, verse 3, And he, Jesus, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other, get this, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Verse 9, who hath, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's jump over to Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're going to go to chapter 8. Just follow along with me. Really follow along. I know a lot of you guys have probably heard these parables, but so easily we forget. Okay, so let's really pay attention here. Hone in on this. We're going to start uh, verse 4, 4 through 15. Here, follow along. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. 
Verse 5, you're going to see a lot of the connections here. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9, And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. You guys see that? The seed is the word of God. Verse 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest, <clears throat> lest they should believe and be saved. 13. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these things have no root. For which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. 14. And that which fell among thorns, that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. So we just looked at Luke. Let's go one more here. Let's go over to Mark now. Matthew, Mark. So go back to the left. We're going to focus on chapter 4. You guys following along okay? Yep. All right. Chapter 4. You're going to see the connection if you're already not picking it up. Verse 1. And he begun again to teach. Who? Who begun? Jesus, you're following good. And he, begun, and he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some an hundred. Verse 9. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So we know now here in Mark 4.14, uh, the, the, <clears throat> the sower sows the word. Okay? The Word. This is anyone who preaches to you the Word of God, whether it's your pastors, your leaders, teachers, anybody. We're following, right? So now we know 
Let me make a mark here on this. Luke 8. I wanted to read this to you real quick too. We know then that the seed is what? The seed is the word of God. Luke 8, 11. I want to read that one more time here. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. I like this here. This is a reference I wanted to read to you guys. I'm, I'm a Peter Ruckman fan. Corey, I think you are too, right? I mean, he's got some good stuff. He's pretty, he's pretty solid. He's dead. But Dr. Peter Ruckman, I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Uh, Ruckman Knights, the Ruckman Reference Bible. I mean, he, he's just has some... If he was here today, Corey, would we say he'd be canceled? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, easily. I mean, he doesn't care what anybody thought about him. But the guy knew the word inside and out. I mean, he, he was a genius. IQ of 190, a, an accomplished um, artist, even an author, I think. I mean, everything about this guy. I mean, he, he was darn good. But he said this. It's Satan's job is to keep you from hearing the words of God. If you hear them, he will try to prevent you from understanding them. If you understand them, he will try to make you forget them. And if you won't forget them, he will try to get you to disobey them. Those are his private notes that he had you know, made many, many, many copies. And I thought that was a really good one because it's like, man, we all go through that same thing where Satan either wants us to forget, again, and if we won't forget, to help us, you know, make us disobey. That is his job. So let's keep going on here. So now we've talked about planting, and we talk about planting. Let's kind of talk about farmers. What do they need? Water. Huh? Water. Oh, okay, but I'm thinking a little, little bit more. Farmers need, in order to plant, we need to have? Soil. Soil. Thank you. See, the girls got it. Girls are smarter. So let's talk about soil. What type of, so now think about this. What type of soil is your heart made out of? Now, you guys are already seeing the connection. Coming out of camp, we've talked about the chair one, two, and three. And I thought this was kind of good to kind of branch off of that because it's still fresh in your minds, I'd hope. It's only been two days. And kind of see where you guys are at because I think for a lot of you, including me, including all of our, our leaders, we kind of find ourselves playing musical chairs. And I think we played that. We played the, the butt one. <laughs> where we got an injury and it was pretty massive, almost a fight broke out, then we did regular musical chairs. So it's kind of fitting how all this happened. Something with chairs. I think if you were to go back, the, our, our camp theme was chairs. We did a lot with chairs. So each type of soil represents your spiritual state, or rather your readiness to receive good news offered by Jesus. We all, every single one of us, have a choice of what to do with what we hear. Okay, we've, we've given you guys, I think, sound instruction from time. Your teachers, your parents, whether you choose to listen to it is up to you. I mean, ultimately, it really is. It is your choice. It's your choice. No one's going to take that from you. You have the choice. You know, I'm not going to beat you to your, you know, dead in the face here, but it's either you choose right or you choose wrong. I mean, that's really it. So we all have the choice what to do with what we hear. And I'm going to ask you, have you guys actually ever examined your heart, even from this past weekend, from what you heard? Have you examined since you've been home? It's been two days. Or did a lot of you guys go back to school on Tuesday just the exact same? Think about this. What type of soil are you? I seriously wondered a couple, for a couple of you, even, even myself, I mean, I felt convicted on Monday. I, I mean, leaders as well. I mean, I seriously, I think, I, Corey, I ran over to you and said, dude... I feel like I'm, I'm here. Yeah. 
And you said, really? I'm way worse than you. And I'm like, well, I know. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, it's, but it's true. We're not exempt from that as well. I can tell you that right now. I'm taking notes. I'm like, gosh, Scott, jerk. You're making me feel bad. But it's true. We're older, which just means we've had more life experience. I can tell you right now, and I've had these conversations with some of you guys, you are so farther equipped than I ever was. Frankly, even right now. I, I'm serious. I mean, I'm, I'm coming into Bible, excuse me, um, JBI later on than most of my friends did just because of my schedule. That the only reason I got the opportunity is because when I went up to the detective bureau and, you know, God willing, I'll get to finish it here next year. I got one more year. But I mean, I really came in late to this. I wasn't raised in the Christian home. A lot of you guys are. I mean, for probably for the most part, I say 95% of you guys were. And that's a good thing. At the same time, it can also not be so great for later on because you know so much already what you should and should not do. I mean, this, you guys are force-fed this. You know, Jamie and I were talking about it with, with Logan. I mean, he's seven years old, and he's already changing. Like, he used to be so sweet. I mean, he's still very sweet, he's not, but he's testing the waters a little bit more. Now, if you talk about Corey's kids, I mean, they're on a whole planet of themselves. Am I right? Can I get an amen, Heather? Amen. I'm just kidding. We love him dearly. But it's funny. Every little kid is different. And I heard somebody say it earlier when Wyatt was in here. Wyatt, you know, Wyatt's always been a wild, and I love it. But now Ryder's starting to act like Wyatt. Are you seeing it? It's like Ryder was the calmer one. And now it's like, oh, shoot. I'm seeing that. I'm going to do that. Good luck. Now, I got a perfect baby girl who's has no sin. <laughs> Yet. But I don't have to teach her to do those things. She's going to figure that out on her own. You know, I mean, I pulled the bottle out of her mouth from feeding her yesterday, and she got, you know, all pissy with me. So I'm like, girl, you better watch your mouth. And then she spit up on me a little bit. So, I mean, but it just shows you. I mean, they, they already know. But we're talking about that is instilling what we know already and how we want to raise them we want to be good. We want to be good stewards of that. And when you guys become teenagers, because I'm, I'm seeing that in my son, who isn't that really far off. What is that, five years? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And he looks up to you guys. So you, in turn, have a huge responsibility. We love loving on you guys. And in return, you, we like seeing you guys also loving our kids. Because they come down here all the time. They look up to you, even with the girl haircuts. <laughs> but it's true. You guys have a serious responsibility. You're like, oh, we've heard this before. Yet. No, I'm serious. Think about it. You need to take that responsibility seriously. You need to take where you're at in your life and your relationship with God seriously. I'm not going to go down the rabbit trail of you don't know what's going to happen when you leave here. You know this. You guys are so far equipped. But man, some of you guys are just lazy really lazy almost if I had to say a fourth chair I've been there I understand what you're going through I'm not perfect okay but it's how are we responding to that how are you guys transitioning that are you recognizing where your weakness is are you wanting to change it or are you just going to stand there or I should say sit there for better lack of term and do absolutely nothing think about those things as we go through this I think we were talking about farmers. I got, I'm actually a family member of farmers. I really am. I got an aunt and uncle who own 300 plus acres up in uh, Southfield. Maybe you guys have ever heard of it. It's a Walnut Gardens. Many people from all over go there to pick their fruits and veggies. It's a kind of a, a touristy hotspot. It's my family. I know nothing about farming. 
I'm good at driving the tractor and the four-wheeler and destroying their property. So that's why I'm only allowed there once a year. It's true. And we go on Mother's Day for a big party every year, and I'm not allowed to do anything else because I'd probably tear it up. But, but my uncle is a, uh, I mean, he's retired. It's fifth generation, so he's passed on to my oldest cousin, Chris. The guy invented, I'm not kidding you, he, he has a patent for a type of fertilizer that he can grow uh, tomatoes and other things out of season inside a greenhouse. And I'm talking like the perfect tomato. So if you go to the Acme, Giant Eagle, probably in that area, you're buying my aunt and uncle's produce. It's kind of cool. It's kind of my family stuff. I have no stake in it. So, but if you guys ever want to go out there and pick fresh strawberries and raspberries, we can do that as a group someday. I mean, we literally, literally, we literally go out there and do that. Didn't you do that a couple weeks ago? Nope. Yes, you did. I'll find the recording. So anyway, yeah, he, uh, he developed this type of fertilizer and he always said, you got to have this type of fertilizer. And I was like, uh-huh. Didn't pay attention to that in science because I just didn't care. But some type of oxidization, the gases, it's got to be, you know, I don't even want to go down a science trail because Scott just did that with us and I don't have it. I just know he's a farmer. So, but he talks about that. So farmer knows his soil and it must be tilled. Fertilize, as I just gave you a very scientific uh, instruction on that. It's got to be watered, which I think you said before we even talked about soil. <laughs> and I just lost my spot. There we go. Before it can receive the seeds, and this is by a means of growth. So soil, again, is used in this parable, just like it is for every, every person. So we're talking about our hearts, right? How often are you tilling your heart? What's tilling mean? I mean, come on, someone, tell me, what does it mean? What does it mean to do? Yeah, you like this stuff. <laughs> You're an agricultural person. Wait, so when you till the earth, you're like uprooting it, and it creates like um, air in the soil for roots to grow. Whoa, back off. That's too scientific. <laughs> I just was going to say break up the dirt. But yes. I didn't use this term for it. You're already smarter than me. I'll admit it. Cop. I knew it. I knew it would be too hard. I'm good at chasing bad guys. That's it. I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. You're... So very good. No, thank you, Megan. That is absolutely right. That is so right. So now... We've talked about that. Let's talk about the wayside, what it is. So the word, a.k.a. the seed, you're paying attention, seed, never got time to be planted because of the fowls that we read back here. The fowls being a picture of? Are you sure? Yes. Yes, you are right. A picture of Satan because they devoured it immediately, right? Who here has fed the birds? You can't lay something down without a bunch of stupid birds come flying out of nowhere. I mean, you ever been to the beach and you see that one idiot running with the seagulls and all of a sudden they're all coming? I've been that guy. I have. I'm not going to lie. I, one time I got to swat a seagull and I hit it and it just, what? Or whatever they make. But I did hit one because there was too many. I'm like, I'm going to knock one of these freaking things out of the air. And I had, I had bread and I was breaking it and throwing it. It came down and went, smacked it. I couldn't tell you where I hit the thing, but I hit it and it felt good. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. I mean, I, I, I used to hate birds that much because now I've kind of grown to appreciate birds and like them more. <laughs> Completely off topic. But that's why I hit that seagull. <laughs> Thank you, Mason. Thank you for, for me to hit it. That's why. So, yeah, I beat the crap out of a seagull. <laughs> I, felt, I felt real good about it. But I'm serious, you guys have all gone to yeah, yeah, any body of water and there's ducks and wah, 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 you throw bread and they come up to you. Am I right? Uh-uh. I mean, they just devour it. Uh-huh. Oh, 
let's get back on track here. Satan devours. Devour them immediately. So again, the wayside. This person is hard. Hard. Therefore, the word will not sink in. Or immediate rejection. They may be present. So again, apply this to yourself. Ask yourself it this way. Am I present when the gospels proclaim, but do they not hear it? It does not in any way permeate their soul. There's two things that live forever. What are they? So if it's not permeating the soul, it's a problem. It's a big problem. It's easy then for the evil one to come to snatch it away, as A.J. illustrated with his bird story, as if it was never there. For hardened ground leaves no imprint. Anyone ever here been to the desert? We have. Jamie and I have. You been to the desert? When? And that's great. Oh, Mexico. Yeah. Who, who went to El Salcillo? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've all been to El Salcillo. I mean, you walked around. There's some hardened ground out there that you won't see a shoe print. Perfect place to kill somebody. Because you can't find shoe prints. Also, use your revolver. It doesn't eject a casing. Can we scratch that out of the uh, recording? No. no, it's in there. Somebody in here might need that. <laughs> no, but it's true. You guys have walked on any hard surface like that. It doesn't leave print, right? You won't get a shoe print in the desert unless you're on soft soil. But on hardened soil, when it's really dried up, and in Mexico, man, there's some hot days there. I mean, it was so bad. This last one, Corey jumped in the pool with a suit on. And that was at night. <laughs> so, so think about that. So these are the lost people, also known as chair number Trace. Trace. Three. Yes, you are correct. Now let's talk about the stony places. This person, and ask yourself this, is this me? It's rocky, unable to be tilled. Or unable to break up that, the earth to oxygenate or air, whatever it is you said. He received the word with joy, excitement, and emotion. Sound familiar? A lot of people do that. A lot of people. I, I'm going to interject here. I wasn't planning on doing this, but when I got saved, it was at Stony Glen Camp, if you guys didn't know that, February 3rd, 2001. I... I felt a change, and I know I did, but I first, at first struggled with that. Like, is that it? Is that really all you, have, all you have to do? Is that really all you have to just call out to Christ, ask for your sins to be forgiven, and that you know, you're a sinner and he died for you? Like, all these things. I asked Stephen probably a hundred times. I really, I mean, you can ask him. I bugged him. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? He's like, yes. Like, is it, is it that easy? It really is that simple. You know this to be that simple, but yet you do nothing with it. We don't do as much as we need to with it. Keep that in the back of your mind. So it's rocky, unable to be tilled. Again, he receives the word with joy and excitement and emotion. We do a lot with emotion, but he doesn't let the roots get in. There's no depth. Okay? And if there's no roots that can't grow deep, what happens? Say it. They die. They die. Withers away. He's like the man described in James uh, chapter 1, 23, 24. Actually, who wants to go there? Who wants to read that? Jamie, go ahead. James 1, 23, 24. I should have put this in here. I apologize. Um, 23, 24. Okay. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. 
where he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So he's a hearer only. A hearer only and not a doer. Every Wednesday, every Sunday, we come in here and we... In the exact same seats primarily, right, Corey? A lot of us. So we're hearing a lot of good stuff. A ton of it. And we leave here, we go to Cane's or Chick-fil-A or whatever we want to go do, and we do nothing. You're not doing anything. I'm not trying to come down on you, but you know who you are. Some of you are like, why do something? Could you do more? Yes. And believe me, I am throwing this at me as much as I am you. So don't think that I didn't sit here and be like, okay, um, yeah, I'm definitely in this chair. I'm in this chair. Oh, you know, if I'm going to add another chair, I'm definitely probably going to be here. You guys have a lot you're not doing. You're on stony places. These are the false converts to faith. Again, chair number three. Trace three. Thank you. Talk about the thorns. Thorns hurt. It was at your guys' house when we did that pumpkin thing. I hit some thorns. I was ready to sue you. I got ripped up when we were going to hide in the back thing way out there, right? Corey, did you get stuck in them? I mean, I got stuck in that stupid mask I was wearing. I got my freaking arm ripped up from thorns. It was bad. They hurt. Jamie sent me a really cool thing that as Lila gets bigger, I should plant thorns and cactuses outside her bedroom window so no boys will go near her. I'm like, that's genius. I was like, absolutely. You ain't going to get near her. The thorns. This person hears the word. Again, hears. But the thorns, the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches are his undoing. Is that you right now? Do we care so much about the things of the world? They choke the world right out of them, and he is unfruitful. They hear the word and endure it for a short time, only to be choked out by the thorns. Again, again deceitfulness, riches, things, lust of the world. You know what that is. Whether it's your cell phone, I mean, anything. The list goes on. And eventually, when you continue down that road, when you keep sitting in that seat for too long, you become unfaithful. I've seen that. That's not, that's not a good place to be. I think a lot of our leaders have seen that. You may have even seen that in people. It's, it's, that's not good. Because then bitterness can sit in. That's a horrible feeling. I've experienced bitterness before, and I, I truly hate that. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. I mean, true bitterness is honestly like one of the worst experiences, kind of like a, a real broken heart. Like, it's a horrible feeling. Like, it's, just, it's hard to explain. It just it gets in there if you've ever had it. I mean, you'll know it when you have it. I don't get migraines. I know people that, Jamie used to get migraines, and I've never experienced it. And I can't imagine that it's that bad, but it's, it's probably something like that. It's just so debilitating. So these are the lukewarm Christians, or known as fence riders. Straddling, right? You know who you are. One foot in the world, one foot out in the Christian life. Wednesday and Sunday only, but not the other days of the week. There's seven days in the week. Two of them are doing good. The other five, not so much. These people may or may not be genuinely saved. Now, I'm gonna be, I want you guys to hear this point. I added, this, I, I, I added some more stuff in here on this because I was really thinking about this. I used to struggle with my salvation. Like, am I really saved? Going back to when I asked about getting saved back when Stephen led me to the Lord, is it real? Is it really that easy? 
And I can truly say all this time later that I did see a change in my life. So I knew because the things that I used to do, I hated to do. I used to cuss like a sailor. I'm not joking you. Every other word was bad. So bad. I didn't drink. I, but I went to a ton of parties that did, they did those things. I was involved with relationships that I never should have been involved in. I hated those things. So I knew that there was a change in my life. And you guys can probably have a similar testimony that you knew you used to do these things and now you don't because you're sick of them. But every so often, haven't we all backslidden? Have we fallen back into those things we used to do? I always butcher this verse. Corey, help me out. Paul, I do what I don't want to do. And you know the thing. Thank you. But you know how it goes. The thing. Yeah. I'm going to do the Joe Biden. The thing, guys. <laughs> I just didn't write it down, but my mind just went there. The good that I would do, that I do not. And that which I would not do, that I do. Yeah, that. That's exactly it. Good. That's what I was thinking. But I want you guys to understand one thing, because I think a lot of people struggle with this, because I did. You cannot lose your salvation. If you are truly saved, if you are a born-again Christian... You cannot lose it. You can't lose it if you pray to God to lose it. It's sealed forever. Let's look at some of this. Ephesians 1.13. Who wants it? AJ. Uh, Ephesians 4.30. Sammy. And um, Isabella, Romans 10.3-4. It does get warm when you're up here talking more. Yeah, it does get warmer. You guys tracking okay? That was a question. Reciprocates an answer. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Okay. Ephesians 1.13. In, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. If something is sealed... Oh, I actually didn't think that one through. In this term, sealed, it can't be undone. Sealed with the blood of Christ, right? Can't be undone. Next, 430. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Again, there it is. Sealed unto the day of redemption. Cannot be undone. You need someone? Sorry. It's okay. Is it my baby? I tried, bro. I tried. I told you so much. You can't breastfeed, bro. I get it. It's all good. Shoot, I'm recording. Dang it. I always forget. You know what? I don't care. I'd still say it. Again, sealed. Thank you. You can't lose it. Romans 10, 3 through 4. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. The end of the law to everyone that believeth. You guys really believe that? Do you guys understand that you can't lose your salvation? Okay? But there are some things you can lose. You can lose your testimony. Guilty. How many of you are... Be honest. Who's blown their testimony this week already? None of you? Oh my goodness. I think we do it every day. I mean, if we're being honest, we blow our testimony. You can lose your joy of the Lord including your strength, right? Your strength and your joy. I mean, I, I, don't tell me you're actually sitting here and never thought like, I mean, I just wish I was more joyful in the Lord right now. You just feel, Bleh. right? Be honest with yourselves. I see it in you. We see it in you. 
This one hit me a lot when I was looking this up. We can lose our rewards at the judgment seat. We can lose our rewards. Corey, you mentioned this not too long ago. I mean, man, I don't want to get to heaven and not be able to give a crown back to my maker, to our creator. I know we say that, I mean, kind of loosely, but it's true. The creator of all things. We are so selfish. Are we not? I mean, think about that in the long run. I mean, you could die right when you leave here. <coughs> what are you going to have to offer him? Again, we can't lose our salvation. Not at all. Now, coming around to this, the good ground. I like this one. And I hope you will too. This person not only hears the word, but he also understands it. Philippians 2.15, who's got it? Oh, Philippians. First Timothy 2.15, I suck. Who's got it? Who knows it? Ben, I think you quoted this the other day. Was it you or? No. Who in my cabin did this one? Was it you? No, that was Elliot. It was Elliot. Oh. Come on, somebody say it. Say it. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Proved under God. Corey, was that good enough? That was good. A little monotone, but they got it. Okay. We're really dividing the word of truth. Yep, got it. Okay. So this person not only hears the word, but he understands it. How do we understand? By studying. Studying the Word. In the parable, to understand the Word is to believe it and obey it with an honest and good heart. Honest. This person bears fruit. Can we judge people by their fruit? Can we see that in people? Yes. Right? They bear fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. It's Matthew 13, 23. He takes what is sown in him, in his heart, and shares the gospel of the kingdom with others. Many, many coming to faith because his obedience as God works through him. This is chair number one. This is the true born-again believers. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we're not always fitting in that chair because we are wasting so much valuable opportunities. Every single day, there is an opportunity. When you leave here, when you wake up, it's, it's, you guys have it in your cell phones. You can put a big thread out there on social media. I almost sound like I didn't know what I was talking about. Social media, whatever it is, Facebook, whatever you guys use. Why aren't you doing that? Some of you have Snap, and I've told you to get rid of it, but what if you used it to spread and sow a seed? You guys don't do it. You know you don't. So I'm calling you out. I'm calling me out. I'm calling our leaders out. We miss every opportunity. I mean, Corey, your, your main guy here, a couple weeks ago even said he had a bad week. Probably lost your testimony once or twice. I mean, you had a, a lot going on, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen Pastor Tom blow his testimony. He's not perfect. I've seen Pastor Stephen, although it may be rare. I've seen maybe Stephen, seen Stephen upset five times in his life. And he usually calls me to be that guy to take care of the dirty work, which I love. I'm like the hitman for him. <laughs> but, but we can all blow it. Those are things we lose. We're all blowing those on a daily basis, guys. That's the true born-again believer. Christ before everything else. Before my cell phone. Before I get up and do... Even before I get up and brush my teeth and go to the bathroom. Christ first. 
we're honest, we're not living that way every day. And we have to examine that. We need to get to that chair. I want to, again, another Ruckman story. It was pretty cool. I was, I, again, I listened to a lot of his stuff. It's very old. I want to say, Corey or Megan, you, you might know this. Maybe back, was it back in the 80s, maybe? It's like when his stuff was popular, yes. even more, right, right before he died. So again, nothing you guys would have grown up listening to. I, I just started listening to him another, about a year ago. But he talked about a story where he was a, a radio host. And again, this guy is a genius. Okay, I mean, he's, he's done so much. He, he's been asked to come and preach and teach at so many different places. And it was always really cool because he did illustrations as he taught, that he'd be up here as he's preaching or teaching a message. He would start drawing what the message is. And it was a perfect um, illustration. Like, very, very good art. The stuff that you see in your Bible, other than Clarence um, Larkin. Larkin, thank you, is probably a Peter Ruckman illustration. He does a ton of them. So I guarantee you've seen his stuff in your Bibles. Anyway, he said when he got saved, there was another guy that was working across from him that he hadn't seen in a long time, and he went down the floor to look him up because he wanted to tell everybody after he got saved about Jesus Christ. He goes, I just felt like I had to do it. He goes, i got to share my faith and my testimony with absolutely everybody I encounter. And when he looked this guy up, he goes, hey, man, you, you know, were you a Christian back when we first started together? He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, when did you become a Christian? He goes, well, I got saved when I was 15. He said, 15? And this guy, at their time, they were in their 30s or 40s. He said, you mean to tell me that you knew Christ at the age of 15 and not once in all of our time together, you said anything to him about me? Or he said anything to me about him? Excuse me. He said, I could have died right there and gone to hell. Shame on you. And again, this guy was blunt. You think I'm bad? He makes me look pitiful. But he's right. We're sitting on too much information. We're sitting on knowing that we could be responsible for sending our friends or our family members to hell for not being bold enough. I mean, he called this guy right out. How dare you not share that with me? I mean, does that not like hit you right here? It did to me. It really did. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because I immediately thought of you guys in all your opportunities even more today than he had then. I mean, this guy ended up flying all the way to Florida to confront this guy. Say, how could you not tell me about that? Talk about a chair number one. I mean, again, he's not perfect. No one's claiming that. But you guys are just wasting so much precious time and wasting so much opportunities. I know you got to go if you have to. Go ahead. Let, let the door hit you on the way out, short shorts. Seriously, guys, I mean, I don't know how much more we can say it. The opportunities that are there. I get it. I was that age once, but I didn't know the stuff at your age. I didn't. Again, mine was at the end of my senior year. I missed out on all. I didn't get to go to camps. Other than you know, the one winter camp and one summer camp. But it's nothing. It's nothing like what you guys have. Man, if I had me when I was your age, I'd be the coolest counselor ever. I know you guys think that about me. It's cool. I appreciate it. But I didn't have that. I didn't have somebody doing one-on-one -on -one discipleship. You know, I came on it later on. I mean, yeah, being saved early. But being fed truth like this, I didn't start out in the KJV. You know, I had to go through, I had to go through a lot of trials different churches, different doctrines to get here. And I can sit here and honestly tell you, I wholeheartedly believe it. You'll never change my mind on it. However, though, we have to look at ourselves as a ministry, as a whole. And I'm not talking like, oh man, we need to go out and do the mall ministry every weekend now. That's not what I'm saying. You have the opportunity. This is an individual thing. I'm not talking as a group. Okay? Individually, 
you guys are responsible. We leaders are responsible for lost souls to get it out there. Whether they take or not, whether they take that seed, that's okay. God's just looking for the willing to go and deliver it. Some of you guys might have that friend right now you're thinking about who you've been praying about doing that. I hope, hope to God and pray to God, I should say, right after this, that you guys start talking to that person more. Be more bold for him. In conclusion on this, if you haven't purposed in your heart to obey the Lord and to share his message with a lost and dying world, our friends, you need to decide that today. We may see fruit while, <clears throat> excuse me, we may see fruit while here on earth. Praise God for that. But it may not be until heaven that we see the fruits of our labor for the gospel. Either way, God, God always gets the glory. Okay? Remember, this is your reasonable service. Let's go ahead and pray. Corey, if you got something you want to add, please come up as well. But I'm going to go ahead and pray real quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for everyone that was here to be here tonight. And Lord, I'm not a preacher. This isn't the easiest thing for me, but I do, I do get passionate about these things because they're, they're so true. And, and I, I really care about working with young people, especially at the high school age and their hearts because of the opportunities they have. I wasted a lot of mine. Even as an adult here, I'm almost 40 years old and we've wasted so many opportunities. I just pray for all of our leaders and the kids here, Lord, that we would just would have that boldness to get out there. That we would not be ashamed of the gospel. That we would just till the fields. We have so many friends out there and family members that just don't know you. And Lord, we're playing musical chairs right now in our lives. And man, I'm so guilty of that. I'm so guilty of being on the fence of one foot in the world, one foot in the word. And... I don't like being pulled back and forth. I know what I need to do. I can probably speak for that for all of them, that they know what they need to do, but are we willing to do it? You just want the willing. Lord, I don't want to get to heaven empty-handed. I know that I'm saved, but I want to be able to be completely and utterly sold out for you and always put you first. And I pray that for everyone's heart here tonight, Lord. Thank you for them. Thank you for this ministry. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.